When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Will Levin on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Another episode. We are. This will be the last episode uh, before camp gets started. It's pretty crazy to say training camp is here. The Jets obviously starting up a little bit earlier in the rest of the NFL with the Hall of Fame game. Jets Browns in like two and a half weeks here, which is kind of kind of insane. We're going to be, you know, getting into real football. No better person, uh, Zach Rosenblatt of the Athletic. The Athletic is still covering the NFL, so no one worry there. Sorry, I know you can't say anything on that, but I can make that joke. Um, Zach, how are we doing today? How's your summer been? Good, man. Yeah, cut a little short, but uh, I am excited to get out and watch a little football. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is a weird feeling having it start so early like this and the preseason game looming, but excited. this is an exciting time to be covering the Jets, so it'll be it'll be cool to be out there on Thursday, minus the heat factor. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. At least they got the. At least they look like they've kind of tried to upgrade a little well, bit for the for the fans, which I, I I'm happy for them because they they get they have to suffer during the season when we're in the press box. Yeah, so I was I gonna to say during it's, training camp. But, yeah, it's better um, to be a little too hot than get covered in rain yeah. and, uh, and stuff during the so, games. Yeah, exactly. So I can't complain too much because I get paid to watch football practice, obviously. But yeah, it's uh, I'm. I'm I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot a lot of storylines here beyond the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but watching Aaron Rodgers actually throw in camp is going to be cool for sure. Yeah, it'll be inter- it'll be interesting. I know you know any you ask anyone in Green Bay like the number one thing we'll get into like actual stuff that's more important. But like this is a PSA for anyone that's going to freak out over and any interceptions Rodgers throws in camp. <laughs> He's him and Mahomes specifically are the two guys in the league that are known for like figuring out who they trust during camp and they'll throw a lot mm-hmm. of 50 50 balls a lot of a lot of stuff that they probably wouldn't try in the regular season or seeing what they would be able to try with guys you know a Garrett Wilson's going to get force fed an extra target here or there that hey like Garrett let's go see if you go make that play or you know maybe it's a Corey Davis someone Rodgers hasn't played with so that's just my my one PSA before people freak out and call Rodgers washed because he throws a pick on day two Obviously, you know, you had the article come out, uh, I believe it was yesterday, or maybe it's this morning. I'm not sure, honestly. These days start to blend together uh, on some of the storylines to watch. Is there something more than any other, like, there's a lot, obviously, the Jets, there's position battles, there's, you know, who's going to make the 53, who's going to start certain spots. Is there one thing that you're like, outside of Rodgers, I cannot wait, or I really want to see how this is going to unfold? Hmm, that's, that's a good 
It's a good question. Um, the ones that are jumping to my head, number one is Makai Becton, seeing him out there, how he looks, how he looks moving with the new size, if he's ready to go right away. Um, you know, I've been saying all offseason, even last season, that like talent wise, he's an X factor just because, you know, if he's healthy, he's their most talented offensive lineman, I think, like ceiling wise, like whether he lives up to it, whatever. But like the best version of their offensive line has him on it. But also you need to know that he's going to be available and healthy and in shape and, you know, saying and doing the right things around a new coaching staff. So I'm I'm fascinated to see how he looked. He was looking I thought he was looking pretty solid last year, working his way back into shape before he hurt his knee. Like, it feels like ages and ages ago at this point. So much happened between now and then. Um, so, yeah, I'd say he's, like, the number one that jumps to my head. I'm I'm curious to see, like, a combo of Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson, I would say. Uh, just Will, how he looks against NFL offensive linemen, especially once they start doing contact. You know, the biggest question for Will is his size and strength because the speed is not an issue. And, you know, his ability to get to the quarterback, you know, was pretty amazing in college. And then Jermaine, just, like, the leap that he's making in year two, which I think is going to be pretty big. So, like the the just like off the top, off the jump, like top of my head, those are the ones that I'm excited about. I would yeah, say. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page. Those are ones that every one that you, I mean, you got to see him, you know, when you got to talk to him at the, you know, got to meet him at the combine and things like that, and and you know, you got to see him obviously in person. OTAs. Talk to some of the defensive linemen; they really impressed. Like I, you know, out JFM was on last week, and like he's one of the first names he brought up. And usually, I don't know, I just usually don't hear that with a rookie, especially a guy who like, let's be honest there's a chance he doesn't play a lot this year, but there's yeah. also a chance that maybe he's really all, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's why I felt a little bit like, wild card not, yeah, wild card of like, let's not overreact to the pick just yet. It may be a strength, but you know, Carl Lawson's got an injury history and you, you never know what's going to happen there. The Beckton thing is so fascinating because, you know, in reality, I, I almost for, like you forget he's on the team and not because like, he's not a big, you know, big personality, but it's like, he just hasn't played in so long that, I have no idea what he's going to look like. He might look like the rookie Mackay Becton, who was mauling people and a guy that people thought was a franchise left tackle. And he might look like the guy in year two who really struggled in camp and Carl Lawson. They, you know, the Jets essentially had to basically be like, stop rushing because we, we need Zach Wilson to be able to get the ball off here and like see if he's any good. You know, you mentioned the offensive line obviously is a big question mark. Are you kind of expecting Joe Tipman, who is still unsigned? And I can't wait for the offset language conversation that we're going to have to have, you know, start, starting tomorrow unless these things get done. Are you expecting him or Connor McGovern to start? Because I kind of feel like based on the contract and where they took Tipman, it kind of feels like they'd, they'd ideally like him to start, uh, not McGovern. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the goal is for Tipman to start, certainly, if you just look at all the factors, you know, you mentioned Will McDonald, the fact they used a first-round pick on a guy who already is not going to be a starter. And so in a win now year, you can't, it, it would, wouldn't look great if your second round pick also wasn't a starter, especially an offensive lineman who it's not like he's going to sub in for certain packages or anything. So I think the goal is for him to win it, but ultimately they'll pick the five best. And I, the, the fact that they're able to get Connor McGovern at such a discount, I mean, maybe it wasn't a discount based on his market, but you know, this guy was a solid guy the last three years started almost every game. Um, and you have him at 1.9 million. So um, you know, I think that'll be a legit competition. Uh, I think if McGovern like clearly outplays Joe, they'll play Connor McGovern. But if it's like close, then I feel like the tie would go to Joe Tim. And also I should say Aaron Rodgers will play a big part in that, honestly, because whoever he's the most comfortable with is probably going to be the one that's snapping the ball. And, you know, maybe they, you know, both of them have the ability to flex to guard in, in a pinch, I think. And I'm not saying either of them would start at that spot, but you know, the flexibility to be a backup throughout the interior is appealing for either of them. So I think Rodgers would be a factor, but ultimately whoever is the best in camp will win the job. 
Yeah. It's, it's cliche to say, but yeah, no, I mean, I think the upside with Tittman's obviously tremendous. Yeah. It's how quickly he's going to be developed the NFL game. It's almost like he gets the benefit of Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback where he can call protections and kind of get everything organized. But at the same time, is Rodgers going to demand, you know, that veteran presence? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it came out this morning, you know, everyone kind of had their either most important or kind of most valuable guy, you know, kind of this year upcoming, you know, uh, I forget how it was kind of phrased, but obviously kind of wrote a little bit about Garrett Wilson. I feel like it's something we've kind of all, I tweeted out yesterday. I thought it was a, it's a huge key of a couple of these year one, year two, year three guys, you know, going to year two, whatever the year they're going into a lot of potential showed a lot on a okay football team, right? They were a good team at some points. They obviously sucked at some points when the offense flawed, like floundered. I feel like for the Jets to get where they need to be, he kind of needs to take the true step into that franchise number one. Like he looked like it a lot of games last year, but you know, again, was it just because the last of the offense was bad or was it because, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a great player. I think he's going yeah, to be, yeah, I yeah. think he's going to be that Justin Jefferson level player, but he, when he, if he becomes that, I think this offense and this team has a he, way different ceiling than if he's just 80,000, four touchdowns again, like that's good. And it's really great because the Jets don't ever have that, but like, you want to see him be that pro bowl, all pro level type of guy. I think like that's a huge kind of key for this offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's, he's the Devonte Adams in the Aaron Rodgers offense. Like they, that's, if you look at the way they built the receiving room around him, it it's, it's the star at the top and it's a bunch of guys who are good at specific things around him. You know, Alan Lazard, good down the field and a good blocker in the running game does the dirty work. Corey Davis, kind of similar, uh, maybe not as good down the field as Lazard, McCall Harmon, explosive guy, can put him in the slot, can put him out of the backfield. Randall Cobb, you know, he, he's smart. he's a veteran. He's not going to play a lot, but he's a guy that can play all over the field and knows the offense and all that stuff. So it's a guys that a lot of guys that complement the idea of a star at the top, which is kind of how the Packers built it all those years with with Demonte at the top. They had him, and then they had a bunch of guys, you know, guys like Lazard who Rogers trusted, guys like Cobb who Rogers trusted, uh, and so so Wilson, I think he's already on his way there. He needs to build that trust with Aaron. That's the biggest thing. But ultimately, you know, this offensive coaching staff, which is all pretty new, they rave about Garrett's uh, spatial awareness and his and his ability to, you know, even when it doesn't seem like he's open to get open kind of thing. Like he has an elite ability in those regards. So ha- the idea has always been once you get a good quarterback in here, this offense was going to take off. Um, and I think Wilson, in theory, should benefit more than anybody. And if he doesn't, then we're going to have to really look at, you know, his relationship with Aaron or, you know, whether he was ready to make that leap and be the number one guy, like all that stuff. But I, I think he has it in him. I, I've been saying, like you were saying, the Justin Jefferson level potential. I think he has it. I, I think at the end of this season, we're going to be talking about him in that breath, uh, which is, you know, very high praise. And I didn't expect to think that this quickly, but he was a star last year. Like he was, he was so fun to watch. And yeah, he, like that, and that's kind of why I picked him as the other MVP because, you know, this offense doesn't really work this year unless you have a star receiver at the top I think like Aaron Rodgers can get by with okay players but if you want to win a Super Bowl you need that star and that's Garrett yeah look at it I mean if he's if he's a 12 13 1400 yard receiver it's not just that it's the touchdowns and it doesn't just have to be him but like this offense needs to score in the red zone this offense needs to score down near the goal line like there's things they just the Minnesota game can't happen um like and you expect it not to happen but you know, that's why guys like a Garrett Wilson or you look at some of the tight ends and some of these backs, like it's pretty crucial. They punch some of these in. You don't want to leave your defense kind of having to be uh, being superheroes every single week. Do you, ex- this is the question. And I, I really, 
I think we talk a lot about the Jets defense, you know, trying like some people, you know, want to see if the Jets defense is going to regress. No one talks about the Patriots defense regressing when three wins in a row were Zach Wilson twice and Sam Ellinger. Like, you know, not for nothing. I feel like that's a defense that wasn't as good as they maybe necessarily looked against bad teams offensively. Do you expect the defense to regress at all, though? I know there's been some, like, I guess there's an argument for it that they played a lot of backups or got kind of favorable matchups. I'd also argue, you know, they didn't turn the ball over for like 10 straight weeks. If they get yeah. any turnover luck, this defense should be even better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, turnovers is the biggest question, I think, if you're going to have any. Uh, and maybe like depth at certain spots. But in terms of the starting lineup, yeah, I mean, you know, I think regression happens a lot with defenses just because there's a lot of variance. Um, and the lack of turnovers w- would be a reason why maybe somebody would be skeptical. They can maintain what they play last year. But I don't even think – like, I don't think they need to be a top five defense. If they are top 10, that's still pretty damn good too. Uh, and they have the talent to certainly do that. They had good luck with injuries on defense last year, which is kind of an underrated part of it. And a big reason why, you know, the defenses that outlast the other defenses at the end of the year wind up being the best ones. Because if the guys you started out the year with are still there, that's that's a good thing. You know, Quinn and Williams only missed one game. CJ Mosley, I don't think missed any. Um, the safeties played every game. I mean, this, people didn't love the safeties, but Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed played <laughs> every game. Michael Carter, the second, played every game. Um, you know, Quan Alexander and Quincy. Quincy missed a couple, but he came back earlier than he was supposed to because of the injury he had. And Carl Lawson played every game, even while he was really banged up. And JFM, I believe, played every game. Like that, like all your key guys playing every game, like you're probably not going to have that. Like that would be maybe where the regression happens is the odds of you having that kind of luck injury-wise are pretty slim, especially in the NFL. Uh, and, and that's where you can talk about, okay, they don't have any depth at linebacker. They don't have any depth at safety. They do at other spots. Uh, and that, that would be a concern. But, yeah, I, I do think, you know, I mean, all those guys that just listed are all back. And you add Will McDonald. And you still have Bryce Huff in the building. You have Jermaine Johnson ready to take off. I think you have Carl Lawson ready to go off. Uh, I think Quincy Williams is going to be even better this year with some experience. You know, I, I just think the pieces are all there. The hard part of the schedule is the beginning part of the season. You can only, to your point about, like, playing easy or hard opponents, you only play who's across from you. And if – just because you dominated a, a shitty team doesn't mean you're not a good defense. Like bad defenses don't dominate against bad teams still. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end um, of the day, you got to take care of who's what, whether you, right? you think they're a leader, whether you think they're just good. Like there's I'm not debating whether it's a good defense and this Aaron Rodgers can win with a good defense and he could win a Super Bowl with an elite one. Yeah. Look, I, I the Packers the last couple of years um, in 2021, they were an elite level defense. And then for some reason they added multiple first round picks on defense instead of adding to the offense. That's a whole argument that I'm sure Packers Twitter's had a million times, but like the team was going 13 and three every year because they were scoring a ton on offense and Rogers was as efficient as we've ever seen a quarterback play. And then on top of that, the defense was awesome. Like that's how you, it's a recipe for success. Would you, this is an interesting, like, are you swaying towards where I'll see more of the Rogers where, Maybe the, the turnover is a little higher, but the touchdowns are higher. Or do you think we'll see a little bit more conservative? Like, do you think sometimes he doesn't throw over the middle of the field unless he's throwing like a seam route? Like, you know, I know he loves that. And when he scrambles, he throws over the middle of the field. But like, there is times where, you know, you turn the ball over more in the middle of the field. It's like, just unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. That's why Tom Brady not turning the ball over that much when he threw the ball over the middle of the field his entire career makes no sense. The Jets do have some nice tight ends. I think the tight end room's a little weird because it feels like on it's really expensive. It feels like at least I know they got restructured, so it's not quite as expensive anymore, but it's still a top 10 paid, highest paid tight end room without an elite guy. 
you expect them to kind of attack the middle of the field or do you think it's going to be more of run game, Garrett Wilson, like Lazard, those guys? It's an interesting question, honestly, you know, um, honestly, I don't, I don't really have an answer for what I, I don't, I think that's going to be the biggest mystery is what, like how aggressive this offense is going to look. Um, you know, I think Aaron is highly motivated and wants to, you know, prove to everybody that's doubted him, including and especially Green Bay, that he's still got some juice. And so maybe that means they become a gunslinging offense, but he's also very smart. He knows to play what's in front of him. I think he has a much more talented receiver group than he did in Green Bay last year outside of the tight ends, which, you know, I think those are solid NFL players and none of them are stars. And like you said, you're paying a lot for not having any star tight ends, but you have them, you have, you know, they seem to believe in this running back room. Uh, and and you have a lot of receivers that are just solid players. So I, I, I think they could do it both ways. I think they can be explosive with McCall Hardman and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and, and Izzy, uh, Izzy Abanaconda and all, all these guys. And I think they could also do the other way. And I think the ability to be flexible is, is definitely a positive. Um, I am, I'm personally concerned and I'm sure you're going to ask about Brees at some point. I, I'm still personally concerned that he's not going to be as explosive right away. I think it's crazy that people are expecting that right out of the gate. Even if he plays week one, I imagine it'd be, he'd be sharing the workload at minimum. Um, I mean, he, he, he didn't even get the injury until week seven last year, if you think about it. And a lot of these guys aren't good the year after. Um, and he's coming back sooner than in theory, most of them did, which is impressive. And maybe he's a freak and he's the next Adrian Peterson for all I know, but um, I can't imagine at the beginning of the season, he's going to look the same. So if you don't have, you know, maybe Izzy Abanaconda can be that right away. It's hard to expect that out of a rookie, but um, so if you don't have that explosion out of the backfield, then maybe you're more, a little more limited, but um, yeah, I, I, I think they have the pieces to, to do it both ways. And I, I am very curious to see how it looks. I, I think we'll learn pretty quickly what this offense is going to look like because that bills game is going to be a real good test, obviously. Yeah. And look, I think the bills game, I just genuinely feel like week one, normally I think is the biggest crock of shit in the NFL. Everyone looks either you look amazing or you look at like, look, the Packers two years ago lost by 40 points to new Orleans, New Orleans. That wasn't very good. And the Packers end up winning 13 in the next 15 games and hosting a playoff game. They obviously lost to the nine, whatever, but like we, you know, obviously week one's kind of crazy. That said, the Jets lose week one. They're two games. They're two full games behind Buffalo you know, in September already. It's like, you just don't want to get into that spot. So it's a home game. It kind of feels like as like you get off to a hot start and you lose to Dallas week two, no one really cares. You lost to Dallas. They're like, they win week one. It kind of feels like they start three and oh, like it's just, that's the way the ripple effect feels like Rogers owns Dallas. It feels like the Patriots are down here. All of a sudden you're going to Kansas city three and oh, it's a lot different than like, we have to beat new England or we're going to be oh and three going into a game. That's probably the hardest game on our schedule. So I'm right there with you on Buffalo. You kind of mentioned, um, you know, the running back room and things of that nature in Brees. Do I, I know, like, yes, do I think the Jets are interested in Dalvin Cook? I think that, like, if Dalvin Cook wants to come here, he's going to come here on a, a deal that's all incentive-based. It's going to be, like, a year, you know, whatever, one for, like, seven, but most of it's all, like, you know, did you get 200 carat, like, stuff that's achievable, maybe, maybe not. Do you feel like they do need to add a, a guy there just with Brees? Because I – I just have the same feeling as you. Like, I think he's awesome. And I think he's going to be really awesome by like week 10, 12, 14. I think asking Brees Hall to be like even 60% of what he was last year, opening day. And like these couple, you know, Eagles defense, Bills defense, Patriots, even like as much as I said, they're a little overrated. Like those are really good defenses to come back off of a major, you know, is Dalvin Cook a guy like you really explore? Like I still would explore Zeke Elliott and not because I think Zeke's good, but Zeke's only good at short yardage and pass pro and, 
I don't know if you trust anybody, any of these guys in the roster right now with Aaron Rodgers in a big third down. Like, there's a viral clip of the Seahawks game. And Mike White almost died because Michael Carter, you know, tried to flip a flip a linebacker. Yeah, you know, I I would add something. Whether Dalvin Cook, I mean, Kareem Hunt's still out there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, like there there are veterans who can get tough yards. You know, we can argue where all those guys are at in their careers or whatever. But I I do think they need somebody in there. But I I think they're smart in that they're going into training camp and they're going to see what they have in Izzy Abanaconda. They're going to see where Michael Carter's at in his development. They're going to see what they have in Bam Knight. Um, and if if they go through a couple weeks of camp and then you see them go and sign one of those veteran guys, then then they probably are where we're at, where they realize, okay, maybe we do need somebody to at least carry some of the workload while Brees works back into form because that this is a team that wants to run the ball. Um, they did with the previous staff and they I think they do with this one. And you know, if Izzy isn't ready and Michael Carter is what he was the second half of last season, which was not good, and same with Bam Knight, then you're in a tough spot to start the season where your running game's not even a threat, and that's going to be a problem. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers had good running backs his entire career in Green Bay, especially the last few years. Maybe is you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is one of the best duos you could possibly have. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that it's going to be something I'm going to have my eye on. Like, if, if Izzy comes out and shows, like, what he did in college, then maybe they're going to be fine from the get-go, and he's a stud. I think he, there's a possibility he is. I'm really high on him, but he is a rookie and sometimes it takes guys longer. So, yeah, he's going to be the youngest, you know, if he start if he plays week one, over the, yeah. yeah, he's going to be the youngest guy in franchise history to play in an NFL game. So, um, can he do it? I'm sure he can. I don't like, we'll just, I don't know how much it's a veteran coaching staff, how much trust are they going to put in him and things of that nature. Well, two more things here. One, do a little game of like, ceiling floor and like most likely of kind of expectations with the jets like i guess we'll start floor like things don't go well like what does this season look like i, I assume it's probably like they win seven or eight games they miss the playoffs and like rogers looks like shit right like that's kind of like the worst yeah, case I mean, scenario I, think, I guess it depends if you're saying like in this context like rogers is playing all or most of the season like worst yeah. case scenario yeah, yeah like he, it's like the Packers year last year obviously the worst case is he gets hurt and then you know it's a disaster with zach again or whatever but yeah i would say yeah floor i think that's probably about right like at the six to eight range um i think just by virtue even if he's average they should be okay with that defense you would think like but you know the season's weird and stuff weird stuff can happen like i said injuries on defense so yeah i think six to eight would be the worst case scenario for sure because then you one just enough that you were like kind of in the playoff race until later in the season, probably, but you only end the season with a losing record after all you went through to get Rogers. And if you play 60% of the snaps and they're going to lose that first round pick too, like that would be a disaster in, in many ways. Yeah. I, I, and then in terms of ceiling, I just feel like ceilings, like they win the division and, and get to the Super Bowl. I don't know what happens in, in the Super Bowl, but I feel like it's like, they win the division. Rodgers looks like an MV, his MVP self. They host a playoff game, and this defense is legit. Buffalo probably takes a step back. Miami, Tua doesn't stay healthy. They win 12, 13, 14 games. And, right? Like, that's the that's the kind of ceiling goal is, like, Garrett Wilson's number one guy. Brees looks good again. Rodgers looks great. I mean, I assume that's kind of best-case scenario. Obviously, we don't know what happens yeah. in a Super Bowl. but Yeah, I mean, I think best-case scenario is Rodgers wins MVP. And this is a number one seed. Like I think they their ceiling is that high. I don't think they're going to reach it. But you know, if everything goes according to plan, like they have the pieces, which they haven't in a very long time. You know, I guess you could argue. I don't even know if you could argue they had that going into like 2010. They kind of like outplayed, like because they had a bad quarterback, obviously. So they still they still are good. So um, I don't know the. I mean, before long before I followed the Jets, certainly like um, 
And yeah, so on paper, like, yeah, they can be a team that, you know, if not the best in the AFC, maybe a one seed's a little high, I guess, because you still have the Chiefs in the conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that could be a top four seed with the MVP at quarterback and and Rodgers, you know, won two MVP two years ago. So I, I don't think it's inconceivable that he still has that in him. Yeah, no, let's go most likely here because I feel like most likely to me is they should be a five or a six seed. I think them sneaking in the playoffs is a like in the back door is like a nine win team struggling doesn't really feel realistic. And I don't think that should be the expectation. Like that's kind of what they were last year. Um, my expectation and kind of what I, you know, see them as is like, they're a, they're probably an 11 win team. That's the five or the six seed, depending on them in Miami. I think that's the most likely thing. And I think they should be able to win a playoff game. Like I think they, if you, they went and played Jacksonville right now or Tennessee, like I on paper, I'd probably favor the jets. Um, but I think that's probably the most likely scenario is when they probably win a playoff game and like losing the divisional round to Kansas city is like, or Cincinnati's like, that's kind of feels like most likely to me of the outcomes. Again, obviously that's just, you know, we're talking about this on July 18th. We <laughs> Joe Burrow could get hurt tomorrow and we'd have no idea. Yeah. yeah it's, that's why predictions are so hard. And the playoffs is such a wild card. Like the, nobody knew the Bengals were going to go to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago kind of thing. So it's all about who you match up. But yeah, I, yeah, I think most likely, yeah, it would be in the 10 to 12 win range and, you either win the division or you come in second in the division, you get one of the wild card spots and you have a, you have to travel in that first game on the road and win a road playoff game, which Rogers can do. He hasn't in a while, I guess. Um, or he hasn't won a playoff game to get to the Super Bowl in a while. At least I'm not really sure of like home road, but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's realistic for sure. Especially because I think the schedule, you know, talking about schedule, the time of the year, you wind up looking dumb later on, but it doesn't, it looks really hard in the beginning and it doesn't look that hard at the end. So. Yeah, we'll finish with this. Is there one guy like Dark Horse either to make the roster or like we'll have a bigger impact on this team? You know, we'll be talking in, in a month. This team's starting to kind of wrap up camp or whatever, six weeks from now. Is there a name or, you know, two names, I guess, or that'll be a surprise, like makes the roster or, wow, this guy won the starting job at position X? Uh, that's, that's interesting. So I'd say in terms of make the roster, I've been saying Jason Brownlee. A receiver like that they would have to keep six receivers i guess which who knows if they will um so that would mean denzel mims wanted to make it uh i just i brownly impressed me a lot in otas you say what you want but roger shouted him out he has the size and the athleticism he, he's very intriguing to me and they gave him the most guaranteed money out all their undrafted rookies uh so i'm intrigued by him and in terms of a guy that like surprises and either starts or like plays a role um I don't know. The ones that are jumping to my head are Max Mitchell at right tackle and Jeremy Rucker at tight end. I don't, I don't think he would like start over Conklin or Uzama even, but maybe he plays a bigger role early on and then he works his way. Like they has a hard time where they, they have a hard time taking him off the field kind of thing. Like I think they're really high in his potential. They talked about him behind the scenes a lot, like all year last year and while he wasn't playing that, how much they believed in the guy. So I mean, he's a third round pick. And if it doesn't pan out, then you can call him a bus. So, um, I mean, not yet, but my, my point being like a third round pick, like you want them to contribute more than he did last year. So, yeah, I think those are the two guys that jumped to my mind. Yeah. I mean, if Jeremy Rucker's not on at least specials this year, uh, I, I was really high on my, he was my favorite tight end coming out of last year. Um, I was kind of surprised. He like, he was a guy that like, he just looks like he's going to be an NFL tight end. He just kind of built that way. So I was a little surprised like that he didn't, you know, kind of crack the, crack the 50, you know, the 46 man roster on game days and things like that as much as he did. Um, Lastly, like, 
do the Jets keep three quarterbacks? Because their quarterbacks in room behind Rodgers is not pretty as much as I know you love Strebler and it's more of a Twitter bit than anything. <laughs> um, kind of scary that, like, they have three guys, the three guys behind Rodgers. One of them's a CFL tight end turned quarterback. One's a guy in Tim Boyle who, like, kind of feels like Rodgers' buddy more than a guy you'd ever want on the field. And Zach Wilson's – Zach Wilson. So, I don't know. It's a little scary. Yeah, that, I get asked about that a lot, and I, I get it, and I agree with it even. But I I think unless Zach and or Boyle are, like, complete disasters in training camp, I think that's probably the group they roll with just because I think they believe in I – I wouldn't say they believe in Zach. I don't If they believed in Zach, he wouldn't – they wouldn't have done what they did this offseason uh, trying to get his replacement. They believe in his ability to improve behind the scenes. And, you know, you hope that they don't need to use him for a long time outside of the preseason. Um, and most teams, number two quarterbacks are in reality, not that good. I think like ceiling wise, Zach would have one of the higher ceilings for a number two quarterback, which, you know, whatever you think about Zach, like he was a number two overall pick because he had talent. I think confidence was his biggest issue last year. And he lost the ability to, process things in game because he didn't believe in anything he was doing and so if he gets the confidence back then maybe they believe in him his ability a little more but you know if the, the cameras are on and they're on primetime football what how can he handle it blah 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 Boyle, you don't you wouldn't be thrilled if he had a play if you get down to the third quarterback you're screwed anyway um and so like i don't know i just feel like zach's not going anywhere so bringing another veteran that guy would have to be okay with probably like maybe being third string. I don't know. And it depends on who it would be. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is coming here or the guys like Nick Foles. Like, I don't know if those guys are doing that. So I, I think it'll come down to how things look in training camp. If Zach Wilson goes out in the preseason, it looks terrible. And these guys are all still available. Maybe you check in, but I, my gut says it'll be these three, especially because the new, uh, like I think in the past, maybe they would have even gone in with Rogers and Wilson because of the emergency quarterback rule they added where you can uh, have them, like be av available on game day, even if they're inactive. I think Tim Boyle, because he knows the offense, he knows Lazard, he knows Cobb, he knows Hackett. Like th there's, he's a valuable third quarterback. He's not a valuable second quarterback, certainly. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page here. I just think that, you know, I've been trying to push the Adrian McCarron bandwagon for a while. Um, Just felt like, oh, this guy's started a playoff game and like looked competent and like started big games. And he's kind of been there, done that kind of egoless guy, like would make a lot of sense, but it's not going to happen. Uh, so, uh, no, obviously appreciate you taking some time. Um, make sure you guys check out, you know, the article I mentioned, uh, you know, up on The Athletic now, both kind of the Jets, you know, second MVP, you know, outside of Rodgers, as well as storylines going into camp. And enjoy uh, enjoy camp. Make sure you kind of put some sunscreen on, stay out of the sun too much, okay. and uh, enjoy enjoy the camp stats and, and all those type of things. All right, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I always love chatting with you. All right. Thanks so much, man. Take care.